Welcome, welcome, welcome. We're back. Another another slight break there. Uh, this is the Line Sight 2020 pod. I am Scott. You took a fall break last week? A little bit. That's Brendan. That's Brendan in the non-captain's chair. Definitely riding in the back of the plane. <laughs> not in the power chair. Of course not. Why would you be? Um, but thank you for listening. Welcome. And welcome again. That's five now. <laughs> it's getting overdone. It's just too many. It's too many welcomes. Have you recovered from Columbus Day celebrations? It's Indigenous Peoples Day, but uh, oh, yes, it's a, it's a dual acting holiday. It is. They went. They just steered oversteered the other direction. I think. Sounds perfect. Yep. So we're going to talk a little bit of MLB playoffs. We're going to talk a little bit of NCAA football, mystery top five, NFL football in that order. That's called a run sheet. You did a great job. I only had like two uh, corrections this week. Two edits. That's great. That is good for me. Uh, and uh, obviously go to www.linesite2020.com. That's L-I-N-E-S-I-G-H-T 2020.com to see all of our performance uh, dominating the NFL not so great in college football. College football is a bit of a snag these days. Uh, started off great last Saturday, and then once the sun started heading down, so did the units. How are we in the playoffs, though? The MLB playoffs. Plus 7.9 units already, and we've only had four days. Yeah, not even a week, plus seven uh, over seven units. Let's do talk a little bit about the MLB playoffs. The Mets are out. That was quick. <laughs> it's, a, it's the whole uh, you in a three-game series have to face DeGrom and Scherzer, and that didn't work out so well for Scherzer. Yeah, he got bombed. And then, of course, the Mets had to face Joe Musgrove and his wax ear. Is it a wax ear? It's a Ripley's Believe It or Not wax ear. Why, why didn't he use, like, sandpaper or something? I don't <laughs> Like that was that Gaylord Perry who had like the file in his back pocket. Yes, <laughs> a nail file. That's so amazing. Um, that's usually usually you're trying to scuff up the ball. Right. I know it's. I know that there's uh, ideas on both sides. Let's make it slick or let's scuff it up. No, it's not slick. It's the grip. So it's um, spin rate, and that's what tipped off Showalter. Apparently, got a call down from the analytics boys who said, "Holy moly, his spin rates off the charts!" Wasn't it like up eight? And they weren't even playing the Astros. <laughs> <laughs> Astros are not involved in this scandal. No. So the Padres beat the Mets uh, in three. How do you feel about the new format of the best of three up front? The teams that hosed Cardinals out. They won their division. There went that futures. And who's the other team that won their division? That that lost? No, that did they they win? Who? Who else is in the playoffs? <laughs> Where are you steering us? <laughs> I'm trying to get at Do you want to know who's left? I'm trying because I can do that <laughs> real quick. I'm trying to get at who I'm trying to get at if you like the new format. That's that was my original question. That has nothing to do with any of the teams. Well I, I do I do like the format, and I think it's fine. It's better than the one game. I hate the one game. So there's three divisional winners. Yep. Two of them get a bye. Yes. So one of them gets kind of hosed. They won their division. Right. And so someone brought up, like, maybe they should have to win one game, and the other team should, like, a double elimination 
for the division winners, like in the division winners. Well, what favorite. if their division is completely uh, subpar in relation to the other divisions, like the Guardians? Uh, who? <laughs> the Indians. Ah. I mean, yes, that's exactly right. It's a good example. That division was pretty bad. And they end up winning. And they end up winning. So I I don't think that they should have to only play one game. The Indians, in a 15-inning game. Yeah, I was going to say, they actually to played two and a half games instead of two games. Yeah, quite amazing. Uh, so the Indians and the Yankees. Uh, in the Bronx, starting they got in the Bronx. Under, they got underway last night. Correct. Well, uh, Garrett Cole showed up for the first time in months, really. Yes. Very good. Phillies and the Braves on the other side of the docket. That was delicious. Game one. You know, the Phillies, there was a lot of hatred on baseball Twitter about the Phillies toward the end of the season, tanking, losing to the Cubs. Like They got swept by the Cubs That's for right. the first time in the history of the the season long matchup one team swept the other one, okay, which was kind of amazing. And then they go out and sweep the cards, and then they go win game one in Atlanta. That's right. They're on a heater. Joe Girardi, gone. Who's their manager now? Ken Thompson. <laughs> That's Rob Thompson. <laughs> Ken Thompson, I think, is a gambler. In yeah, Atlanta. that was a, that was an inside <laughs> joke for those that don't know Ken Thompson. And then uh, the. Astros and our favorite uh, hometown team, the Seattle Mariners. What a game that was yesterday. So the Astros score five runs in the eighth and ninth innings combined to come from behind, uh, culminated in a massive three-run Jordan Alvarez home run to win the game. On a matchup that that was sized up well before the game. If we get in this situation, service says if we get in this situation, Robbie Ray's coming in to face Jordan Alvarez, textbook, lefty on lefty matchup. I just think you walk the guy all the just always walk the guy. You had an open base. Or why telegraph? Why be like, yeah, this is what we're gonna do? Like at least have some doubt that no, maybe you'll use someone else. He wanted to call a shot. Yeah. And that did not work out well. It ended up in a shot. <laughs> as Jordan called his shot. Uh, and then, of course, the Padres and the Dodgers in an interdivisional matchup in the NLDS, and the Dodgers just kind of owned them. Uh, they had Julio Urias on the mound last night, and, of course, we were on that run line because if there's anything I've learned over the last three years, just take Julio at home all the time. I mean, his stats – his numbers, his winning percentage is like off the charts. And I just, San Diego, is that a Mexican thing? Urias being Mexican and they're playing in Chavez Ravine. I think he feels the Fernando, I mean, Fernando Valenzuela's. Also a lefty. Yeah. Not Mexican. Different builds. Um, I don't know if that's a thing. That's the first time I've thought of it. He has one eye also. Man, it looks bad. It does look crazy. Which gets us back to what we talked about two weeks ago with Mike Vrabel's eye. Yeah, also cra- not as crazy. And then you got Max Scherzer's eye out there. Lots of weird eyes going on in I baseball. That is weird. All right, well, that's the MLB playoffs. Catch up. It's New subscribers, you're going to get picks 
from this day forward, I'll just go ahead and and tease one out for you today. First month free. Uh, Braves run line today. They get going at 3.30, although I see that there's, like, rain forecast. So they may delay that thing. It may be kind of a the me- uh, a mess, but they better not go down 0-2 to Philly, heading back to Philly. No doubt. Um, and Kyle Wright, very good, very good numbers this year. And uh, I don't think he's lost since, like, early August. Yeah, great story. Lots of great pitching. You know, the Braves um, – Signed Spencer Strider yeah, to a long term yes, deal, right? Yeah, like, yesterday or a couple of days ago. But they are—they've locked up like every young asset they have. They're gonna be good for a long time. Yeah, it kind of reminds a little bit of the '90s yep. uh, Braves that had everybody locked up the whole time they were there, pretty much. And they're catching this pitching in a bottle with Cal Wright, with Strider. I mean, they're—they're they're getting these guys that are real young yep. and real good. Boy, Max Freed got. Lit up like a Christmas tree yesterday, though, which we predicted here. We had the over and the Phillies uh, money line, which paid a nice one seven fiver for that upset. The only concern for the Phillies in that game is they had to use a lot of bullpen guys. I think that they're used to that, though. Yeah, they've got a pretty deep bullpen. They use more bullpen pitchers, I think, than anybody else in the postseason with their roster numbers. Ranger Suarez will walk a guy on you real fast. He is so heckle and Jekyll. Yeah, he's he's out there. Which is Jekyll and Hyde, just the cartoons. So. I know, but I like your version better. And I like birds. <laughs> All right. NCAA football. Uh, of course, last weekend, the Red River shootout in the Cotton Bowl between Texas and OU. Texas just dominated that game, as predicted here. Uh, not quite to that degree. Not quite to that degree. Not in the literally the history of Oklahoma. They had lost six games by forty or more points. Uh, that was the seventh. That's kind of amazing on Saturday, and that's the largest shutout uh, loss in their history yeah. prior to nineteen thirty four, losing to I believe Oklahoma State forty seven to nothing. I like it when they when teams lose to Cumberland by like a hundred points. You, those you are like that. Those are always stories from yesteryear. I'm always like, they haven't done this since they played Cumberland. What the hell is that? Cumberland Gap. So, great win for Texas uh, getting back on track. Hook them. So, I did read a little article here that says Texas could go on a run here and make the playoff. Do you buy that? I Well, the answer to that question is no, I do not buy that. Do you, uh, uh, but I've on. heard that debated. Let's, this let's week. split it. Okay. Do you buy if they go on a run and win the rest of their games, they'll they'll be in the playoff? I do not. Okay, they have two losses. Okay, even as the Big Twelve championship, even as champion. the Big Twelve champion. Okay, and do you buy? You'd have to have a lot of losses in front. Do you buy that they will go on a win streak and win all the rest of their games? Uh, I think that's distinctly possible, but I think it's still highly unlikely. Still have Okie State. Still have Baylor, still have TCU. uh, TCU again. Man, the Big 12 is, again, we talked about it a couple weeks ago, and this was my question. The Big 12 is kind of solid top to bottom. Not a lot of great teams, but a lot of really good teams. Right. Uh, Which gets us to the undefeated uh, matchup between Kansas and TCU, where game day was in Lawrence for the first time ever. Really interesting game. Uh, We were on the over. Did not look good at about 12.30 p.m. And then they scored 42 points combined in the third quarter. And 
did I predict the score exactly on the number? <laughs> you did. You said TCU's going to win this game 38-31, to 31, and we'll all go home happy. That was Wednesday or something. Maybe Tuesday last no, week. No, I think that was during the game. No, it wasn't. I'm not giving you that much credit. I think you can read it on the website. So that brings us to this week. Uh, Kansas, plus seven. Jalen Daniels hurt. At OU. That is my concern in this one, if I'm taking Kansas, is because they don't have their quarterback. Although Bean twiddled his way around to an excellent second half uh, against TCU. I mean, kept him in the game. What is he going to do when he faces that juggernaut OU defense? <laughs> it's just It seems like it could be paralysis there for the for the young quarterback. I just don't know that if you're thrown into a situation uh you perform a little better than having to think about the situation for longer like for a week. Yeah, agreed. And so is Kansas ready to go on the road and win at OU? What kind of environment is OU going to be offering from a hospitality perspective on Saturday? All I heard from OU people this week were the OU tickets were extremely easy to sell before the game. Because they had no faith that they were going to beat Texas. And now they get uh, a kind of a really nice offensive Kansas team coming into Norman. 11 a.m. kick. 11 a.m. kick. Kansas plus seven. So you're you're leaning seven? You want it? You want to take it all? Yeah, I think you can get seven and a half. Okay. Um, it, it's, we're recording this on a Wednesday afternoon. I want to see how the market reacts to this a little bit. I doubt it's going to move a, a ton. Uh, probably maybe half a point here, half a point there. Uh, but the Oklahoma Sooners are faced with serious losing streak, an early kick, not a lot of upside in like what's what does the rest of the season look like? I mean, they're probably not going to make a bowl game. Dylan Gabriel likely out still. No, I heard he's going to play. Oh, really? Okay. Yep. And I think that's why the line is gotcha. OU favored by a touchdown. They're a lot better with him. I mean, how many how many snaps did the quarterback take versus the running back or the tight end in that Texas OU game? It had to be split evenly. I think, well, if we're talking about the first half, it was overwhelmingly in favor of skill position players versus Bevel. Right. Um, but... I, I didn't really. The second half, I, I wasn't really tuned in as much. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the sauce. Uh, okay. The other uh, couple of interesting games that have bearing on this weekend: uh, Bama, A and M. Bama plays their backup quarterback. Is Bryce Young still dinged? He's going to play this week. Yeah, I think he could have played last week, and I think they just said, "Nah, we don't need you. We got this one covered." And Which they did not they, do. They did not have it covered, and they almost lost were it not for real, real poor execution on the last play of the game for AM. It's a bad play call, period. I know, I've heard a bunch of uh, – the play call actually wasn't that bad. It wasn't run correctly. But in that scenario, uh, I need more options, and I need A-Chain involved. Uh, I just thought a nice little dunk pass to Dan Campbell would have been perfect, but <laughs> he coaches the Lions now, and uh, – I, I just didn't like it. I, I thought you, you call a timeout, you need to have a better play than that with a game on the line to beat the number one team in the country. And it requires a quick throw, and Haynes King, my God, you can time his wind-up with a sundial. What's a sundial? 
He sticks the ball behind himself, brings it all the way up. Over, I mean, it is like the worst. It reminds me of the Tim Tebow windup. Yeah. Before, before they worked on him at the NFL level, it was just really slow coming up. Yeah. And down to top. Yeah, and that particular play requires some timing and getting the ball out uh, quickly, and Haynes King doesn't do that. Uh, We lost on that game. uh, Yes. The other game involving this week, Tennessee-LSU. I mean, is LSU that bad or is Tennessee that good is the question. Both. Yeah, I kind of agree. Uh, I I can't get a sense of Tennessee on defense. Uh, Hendon Hooker's awesome. They've got great skill p- position players. He threw an absolutely perfect deep ball at the end of the half there. I think their secondary is rock solid. Yeah. I really do. I think that they are um, as good as they've been in the secondary in 15 years, for sure. Um, of course, they haven't been great in a really long time as a team. But uh, they've got some talent back there. I think they uh, offer a pretty confusing look. And therefore, Bryce Young... Better be playing quarterback this week for Alabama because if he does not, they're going to lose that game. I don't think there's any question. Like, what's his name? Milfo? Milf- Gilroy? His name is Muff <laughs> Mofo. His name's Mofo. That dude, Milro. Can't, he can't throw the ball. He should play for OU. Um, he's real fast. He's super fast. Like, kind of like him. Um, but he's a project. He doesn't have enough reps. He doesn't have enough reps. He doesn't have um, the accuracy. Certainly isn't there. Um, so I obviously Vegas knows that Bryce Young's playing in this game. Otherwise, the line wouldn't be seven and a half with Alabama favored on the road. Um, it was going to be a crazy crowd in Knoxville. So Tennessee at home, seven and a half point dogs against Bama. Were you leaning on that one? Uh, I'm gonna take Bama. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, with Bryce. What do you what are, What are you leaning on? I like the idea of them getting over a touchdown. I like the idea of them being at home and this being the most important game they've played since, since T. They, Martin was on campus. Since they played against Florida two weeks ago, three <laughs> weeks ago, and they fumbled that around. Uh, but maybe they've had their one fumbly game, and maybe they play a lot better in this one. I don't know. I mean, Bama's the better team, I think, but. Tennessee's on a roll. Bama's gettable. Bama they're is defi- gettable. Definitely gettable. It's they're not great on that defensive line, which the last time we probably thought that was 2007. Yeah, it's been a long time since they haven't had a dominant defensive line. It's Will Anderson and a bunch of dudes. Yeah, and and you can you can sort of neutralize Will Anderson from from time to time, not for a whole game, but you can make it to where he isn't as impactful. Yeah, fair enough. All right, other games this week. Auburn catching 14-and-a-half at Ole Miss. Uh, we lost on Ole Miss under. They had played five games in a row under, and they're playing Vanderbilt, and somehow they give up 28 points. Tennis, uh, Ole Miss's defense allowing 14-and-a-half points per game, and they gave up 28 to Vanderbilt. Yeah, that was a – do you call it a look-ahead game? Not really with Auburn sitting there. Um, I was surprised by that. I was really shocked by that. Here's what I call it. Lane Kiffin wants to uh, have a winning record against the spread. They ran a play with 18 seconds left to score a touchdown, and they were up 
21 points or whatever, and that touchdown covered the game for them. Well, so that's going to lead us into this week. If you extrapolate, which is what I was getting to, Auburn's terrible. Auburn sucks. <laughs> They're real bad. I like your handicap here, so just go ahead and give it to the listener. So, for those of you who are not aware, Auburn is never happy with their coach. It doesn't matter who it is, ever. Gus Malzahn won a national championship. They tried to fire him the next year. <laughs> Gene Chizik won a national championship, and they did. <laughs> Insane. And I'm not even saying that was the wrong move. Right. It's just Neither of those. There's a track uh, record there. And it's just, we always get lost in the Auburn athletic director fighting with uh, crazy boosters. Every November, it's like somebody's at Teterboro Airport and <laughs> trying to get somebody from... Somebody's tracking somebody's, somebody's tail numbers. Yes, we got, we, got, we got tail numbers going on. Uh, who's gonna, who's gonna, who are we going to buy at quarterback this year? I mean, Auburn's just an absolute... They're they're a mess, and if I was uh, an alum, I'd just probably shake my, my head. At, well, who knows what's going to happen? But here is what this is what's going to happen. Brian Harson, uh, they tried to fire him in the off season, and they couldn't really get it done. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, so he is no question a lame duck coach coming into this season, and it hasn't gotten off to a good start. Do you know who Auburn plays next week after this week against Ole Miss? Nobody. They have nobody. You know when the best time to fire your coach is? When your bye week's the following week. That's right. Um, the narrative on this has already been written. Uh, Auburn will have a new coach uh, installed on Sunday. I'm going to say just after church lets out, say 1 o'clock. <laughs> and we're going interim here. Yes, interim just... coach. Uh, and then they can start, start looking at airplane t- uh, numbers all over the place. But that's what's going to happen. Uh, Ole Miss is going to destroy Auburn by at least four touchdowns. Okay, so anything under 27 and a half, you're good to go. I, I am because I've already seen this story. We already know how this ends and what's going to happen, and it is going to be a complete beatdown. And Lane Kiffin likes to embarrass teams. So there you go. Excellent handicap. I love it. Uh, Penn State at Michigan. Is this where game day is? No, game day is back in Knoxville oh, after is? they were just there for the biggest game in years against Florida. <laughs> now is the biggest game against Alabama. I don't know why I thought that. I thought that I'd read somewhere that it was there. All right, so Penn State plus seven at Michigan. This is two top ten teams. James Franklin, James Franklin loves to lose these games. Loves it. It's his favorite thing to do in the world. Uh, Eleven a.m. kick. Get real good. Five six and zero. Oh, top ten and then just fall flat on your face against whether it's a, a good team like Michigan or whether it's to Purdue, you know, in West Lafayette. Uh, he still has the big red dog back there at quarterback. He does, Clifford. I like, I like, I kind of like this Penn State team more than I have the last few years. I think they're pretty strong on defense, too. Um, Do they have Micah Parsons? They don't have Micah Parsons. And they don't have LeVar Arrington. <laughs> That'd be a good linebacking crew. I'd take that. I'd take LeVar Arrington right now. I don't even know what he looks like, but <laughs> God, he was a stud back in uh, our collegiate days. I think the line is right on to take the equal number of bets. 
Um, I don't see how you go against Michigan after they had their little scare last week, which we called. That was another good call on our part, taking Indiana plus the now that one, and a half. Now, that one you did predict midweek, that Matt Berry would, would <laughs> yeah, chime would, in. Yes, would interrupt our, our game at Look uh, out. the Cotton Bowl. Here comes Indiana. Just want everybody to be aware of what's going on uh, out in Bloomington. Yep. And uh, so they got their scare last week. I think that probably uh, opened their eyes a little bit. They're certainly going. They were looking ahead to this game, as it were. Um, I, I don't see why you wouldn't take Michigan here. They can certainly be beat. Uh, Penn State could do it, but man, that Michigan defense—that that's a lot to be uh, confident about. Is is Michigan's ability to uh, neutralize the big red dog? I like it. Michigan's quarterback situation still uh, JJ whatever McCarthy is that the one? Yep. He's not good. He's the starter. Is McNamara good? No, that's what I'm saying. Their quarterback situation is very poor. They did have a coach collapse on the sideline. The great Mike Hart, former Michigan running back and current running backs coach Mike Hart collapsed. Seemed like a real bad situation. He's, he's okay, though, fine. right? Yeah. I think he's going to coach this week. Yeah, crazy. Uh, all right, Oklahoma State catching four and a half points at TCU. So I was just looking this up again. I Oklahoma State, I can never get a feeling on. Like, I kind of feel like they should be favored in this game, but it is on the road. But that's a lot of points. That's four and a half points. I mean, they handled-ish Texas Tech 41-31 last week. They handled That game was very much in doubt. That was a crazy game. There was a big impact play almost every play of that game. Yeah, they, they beat Baylor the week before at Baylor, and so they have some decent wins on... They've covered like 12 games in a row or something crazy like that in conference. On the docket, and now you get undefeated TCU and Sonny Dykes and his freaking speed merchants on offense those like all those dudes run like a four two i think even I, duggan i re- i love duggan we've we talked about that and we talked about it all season but we really talked about it during the podcast last week uh i freaking love tcu i like oklahoma state too very mixed uh emotions on this i think the line is probably right on the money where it needs to be um how much is Fort Worth going to uh, make a difference in this? Eamon Carter Stadium rocking. So, interesting thing about TCU fans, they are they show up when the team's good, and they don't show up when the team's bad. It's kind of like everywhere, I guess. But they'll show up to the parking lot for sure, no matter what. It's a two thirty kick, yes. And now that the uh, it is a two thirty kick, and now that TCU is good, I think they show up in force. Oh, I do. absolutely. And it's an exciting team. Like they're not just good; they're real good. Yeah, I feel, I, I've watched every game they've played except for Tarleton. I, I don't think that was televised. <laughs> was that in Stephenville? Somebody's little brother shot that from like the <laughs> locker room. They asked us to do color. Uh, all right, so no, no real lean either way. You think? Uh, I mean, the model's got a little bit of a a say on it, but if I'm just talking entertainment value i think it's really hard to go against tcu right right now i think it it is i think they cover every week but then again so does oklahoma state oklahoma state does not look as good defensively this year as they did last year and which spencer sanders are you going to get 
probably the good one. I kind of feel like okay. he's he's ascended to the ranks where he's he got so well. much experience. He's not making uh, big mistakes. Now, TCU, very opportunistic defense, get a lot of turnovers. So uh, maybe that maybe that is the difference. Uh, definitely watching that game at 2.30, though. Uh, what what'd do you think on this uh, NC State traveling to the Dome, the concrete carrier dome on Saturday? So Syracuse's quarterback is awesome. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Donovan McNabb. It's not, it's not Donovan McNabb. Uh, I really, uh, I've liked Syracuse this year. Oddly, we've talked about, uh, uh, home Dino. Yes. We've talked about home Dino. Dino Baber is the coach of Syracuse. Lots better at home. Lots better at a dog. Now he's at home, but he's a favorite. And now it's a top 25 game. And the interesting thing here is I think Syracuse is off of a bye. They are. I don't think they played last week. So you get NC State. Garrett Schrader is their quarterback, by the way. Garrett Schrader. So playing fantastic, Garrett Schrader. And NC State has played at Clemson. Florida State last week at home. And then Florida State last week at home in which they barely won. And so they've had That's because Florida State can't kick a field goal, apparently. <laughs> That's true. They've had two very difficult games in a row. Now they go on the road again to a team that has two weeks of rest that has a pretty prolific quarterback. I actually really like Syracuse in this spot. I'll roll with that. <laughs> Thank you for supporting me. Well, I just, um, when it's not Syracuse at home as a dog. <laughs> you just shy away automatically. Yeah, kind of just, just, that doesn't seem right to me. Um, I don't think they're going to be dogs in any games they play the rest of the season. True. Uh, so their time has come. Uh, I think NC State's got some quarterback problems with Leary. Is he hurt or is he being benched? I think he's hurt. I think he hurt his shoulder. But well, he I did. Think, but I think he's, he's... He was in a sling at the end of the game. Okay. Which we lost and by... his throwing shoulder. By half a point. That was awesome. No, that's always good. Uh, but I, I think it's not... I think he could possibly play. If my quarterback has a sling on his arm at the end of the game, a week prior to the next game, I'm thinking he's not going to be 100%. Well, he's definitely not going to be 100%. And so you, you take a team that's okay, that is... Uh, they got a great defense. That is propped up by their really good quarterback who's injured. I don't know. I like Syracuse there. All right. What else you got? I've got LSU catching two and a half points at Florida. Um, LSU's bad. Yeah. I don't think Florida's that good, but they are at home. And It's at night, too. And it's at night. And... LSU just kind of, they barely beat Auburn. They were down 14 nothing in that game. 21 nothing. That was it. Yeah. So they're down a ton. They end up barely beating them, coming back from behind. And they get pounded by Tennessee, 40-13 to last week. Really pounded. Not even close. It was 10 to nothing before, like, Texas OU kicked off. Jeez. Uh, and so now they travel to Florida. Uh, I like Florida in this one just simply because it's a real short line and it's travel and LSU's not that good. 
Yeah, I like Florida. They seem to be building something faster. I mean, you look at both programs. They both hired new coaches um, this season. You get Billy Napier for the Gators. You get LSU with uh, the, I don't know, is he a con man, Brian Kelly? I, I don't know. He just uh, seems, he wins. He, he, he does just seem so. Yeah, but I, I will posit this. He doesn't win unless he has great, and I mean great, coordinators. At Notre Dame, when he didn't have good coordinators, he was mediocre. When he had great coordinators, he ended up in the playoff or in a very, very good New Year's Eve bowl game. Uh, so I don't think he has great coordinators at LSU, and I don't think he's a good coach. And so I think that Napier can probably coach circles around him at this point. So it sounds like we're going Gators and Swamp and all the things. Chomp, uh, chomp the Gators. Yeah, I, I don't I don't see the upside with LSU this season. I really don't. I, I look look at them and they don't they just don't look good. Florida Florida's playing some pretty good defense and you know hung with Tennessee. Richardson getting in, there. Inconsistent but <laughs> has some wow factor going he's, on. He's Spencer Sanders from two years ago. Yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. That's a good comparison. Yeah, I like the Gators in that. Finally let's talk USC at Utah. USC is catching three and a half points at Utah in what was to be the premier Pac-12 matchup of the season. Uh, rematch of the Pac-12 championship game. Is that true? Nope. <laughs> Not. It was a, who or, was it? Oregon. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Anyways, Lincoln Riley, uh, first trip to... That was to a beatdown, too. Utah killed them. Yes. So, Utah... Uh, goes ahead and loses to UCLA right before they play this game, which we talked about. We talked about look ahead for Utah potentially as USC being the shining light they need to beat this year for, uh, in the Pac-12. And they hung with UCLA and then DTR. I, that dude's flipped a switch. UCLA scores 40 points a game. Yeah, he's he's figured something out with Chip Kelly. It took him four years to do it. Uh, but they're playing fantastic. And so now how do you feel about USC catching three and a half? I think that as TCU fans can attest to, going on the road to Rice-Eccles Stadium in Salt Lake City is very intimidating. Those fans are crazy. They're loud. Uh, it's a very tough place to play, for sure. Um, I USC, I am impressed so far, obviously, they're undefeated. They've kind of taken care of business. Um, I like the experience and the toughness of Utah at home, and I think this is where USC's uh, undefeated season ends. Comes to an end. So the high-flying Trojans travel to the Utes and get beat. That's what I think. Okay, by three and a half points? By exactly three and a half <laughs> points. <laughs> that would be a very strange game. All right. Let's step now into the mystery top five. All right, mystery top five. I'm going to let you start because I don't have one. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I got it. Go ahead. Was that a joke? Or you? No, no, I got it. You still want me to go first? Yeah. All right. In honor of this buffoonery that's taking place, I'm looking for the mystery top five Scots. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, number one, me, of course. 
That is correct. <laughs> you are the number one Scott on my mystery top five. Probably, it's probably a mystery to those who listen to this podcast and those who see us interface that you would be number one. Uh, sometimes my words are not very kind. Sometimes I not lift you up or support you. Uh, but you are the number one Scott, uh, as it were. Uh, thank you. I very much appreciate that. All right. Um, very num- smart and talented. No, number two. Highland Park Scots. Did not make my list, nor were they considered. <laughs> it's just something that came to my head. All right. Mary, Queen of Scots. Did not come come to my head. We we already did a lot of royalty, uh, monarchy type stuff. All right, so you want actual Scots? Doesn't matter. You have two guesses left. Left. What about Glenn Scott? Is that an astronaut? Yeah, I didn't have Scott any. Glenn. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, this is what happens when you. That's when you happen. That's what happens when you have two first names. And it's John Glenn. Who's Scott Glenn? Is he He's an actor? an actor, yeah. I'm going with Scott Glenn. He's in Silence of the Lambs? Yes. Yeah, I'm going with Scott Glenn. It, he is not on there. That's a good one. He didn't even make consideration. That's a good one, though. I like that. All right. Mike Scott. I thought about putting him in the bottom five Scots. <laughs> why, why the bottom five Scots? I don't know. I think it was because he was sort of a rival there for a while with Dwight Gooden. Like they were both the aces of their teams when they were top of the food chain in the '86 NLCS. Yep, and I just love Dwight Gooden. I still do. All right, my final Scott. Scott Scripps. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> Thank you. That's a good one. He did not make my list. I was I was looking more for famous people such as yourself when compiling this list. <laughs> such as yourself. I can't think of any other good Scots. Oh, well then you, you know I've because I am the prepared one on this deal. I think um, I'm very I'm very myopic in my own view of my Scott of me Scott. All right, go ahead. Top 5 Scots. Bring it. Number 5. Adam Scott, the golfer, not the actor. Let me make that very clear. <laughs> okay. Adam Scott. Oh, Adam the, Scott's a good actor though, too. He he's fine. Okay. Um he's good. Yeah, I'll give him that. He that's how but I love the the list I've uh compiled here. I love Adam Scott the golfer. I think it's super cool that he played in the President's Cup. Um he's still good. He still makes cuts. He still made Line Sight 2020 and their subscribers quite a bit of money over the PGA Tour season. He's such a consistent top 10 type guy. Still a long putter guy. He is, but he doesn't hold it to his chest or belly anymore. No, there's some sort of penny in between, a and he's, piece of paper in between there. And he's pretty hot still, too. Okay. Number four, Scott Bakula. Okay. You see they're doing a redo of uh, Quantum Leap? Yeah, with yeah. a Chinese woman. Or no, man. it's a dude. Okay. I think, right? He, maybe he's not Chinese. Maybe he's Asian-American. That could be true, too. Okay. He just doesn't look like Scott Bakula. I know that much. No, Scott, Scott Bakula, Bakula was great. And he was the quarterback of the uh, Texas State Armadillos. Ooh, yes, he was. Was he in the A-team? No, but he looks like that guy. Okay. What was that guy's name? I don't know. Mr. Mouth. Mr. T. Was it Mouth? I think it was Mr. T. <laughs> Scott Bakula does not look like Mr. T. I think his name was Mouth on the show. 
I can't remember, but I like this van, and I would certainly get in it if they asked me to get in it. If they had some candy. I think they did. And ammunition. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you want some bullets? A pity the fool. <laughs> Pain. That's amazing. Okay, go ahead. Number three. Number three. Scott Bayo. Good Scott. You love the mid-80s Scott. I do. And all the Scots that are hot. Yeah. Okay. I want Charles in charge of me driving the A-team van. There is a 100% chance that I had Alyssa Milano's poster in my room. For what? She was Charles in charge, right? No, she was who's the boss. Oh. Wait, which one was Charles in charge? Oh, it was Nicole Eggert. Nicole Eggert. I went never on had to- her poster as well. What are you doing with all these posters? <laughs> Nothing. Looking at them. I got them for the articles. <laughs> They had articles on posters? <laughs> yeah, sometimes. <laughs> I don't remember that. You never know. I was more into Bo Jackson and Michael Jordan posters. Yeah, that's you, buddy. Maybe a Griffey Jr. in there. Did you have the Bo uh, with the bat? Yes, everyone had that. Did you have the card? Yes, everyone had that. I think I still have that card. Um, I, yeah, have, I think I do, too. I've got the, the Billy Ripken F-Face card, too. That's a good one. That's the best card that's ever been. That's a good one. That's ever come up. Gave it to my nine-year-old son. Number two. Number two. Number two. Tony Scott. Tony Scott, the director. And producer. And producer. One could argue that he's more prevalent as a producer than a director, but I still say director because listen to this list. Tony Scott's better than me. All the other Scots I'm above. But Top Gun. His list is incredible. True Romance, Crimson Tide, Man on Fire, The Last Boy Scout, Okay, Beverly Hills Cop 2. That's amazing. That's awesome. He's got like 20 more movies, but those, like, you've got a Hall of Fame director. I know, I was just going to highlight some of the ones that are like off the the chain. Last Boy Scout's great. I watched that movie the other day. That was when they legalized gambling. (laughs) Because dudes were pulling out pistols while running down the field. That's right, and um, that had the great Bruce Willis in it, who has got some sort of medical condition now. Aphasia. Aphasia, and they're not allow- his family is not allowing him to do movie stints unless it's bit parts. No, and his family has agreed to allow, uh, let the uh, dark AI do his movie stuff. Oh, okay. That's that's interesting. Is yeah. that the first of its kind? Uh-huh. It is. Okay. To where like you have a fake Bruce Willis in the movie but nobody can tell because it's all Have you seen that Deep State? <laughs> it's not it's called Deep State. That's... You're in the Deep State. <laughs> totally. All right, number 1 Scott. Those are me. Yeah, it's okay, still good. you. Thank you. Still you. Just wanted to hear it again. Working your way backwards though. All right, we talked about this yesterday, but I really liked it and so I did want to do my mystery top 5 on this. Top five electoral college wins for the presidency. <laughs> the top five wins? Yes. Are we looking for literal math? Like I need to know no, no, history no. on this? No, I just want you to, to bring it up. And I, I'm, I am going to put it in order of the top five wins, except I'm, I'm outlawing number, numbers one through three. Numbers one through three, I'll give it to you right now. George Washington, he didn't run against anybody. Oh, and, GW. Yeah. And James Monroe. It's, those two seem un- unfair. And so I'm going to now open it up to the top five electoral college results in the history of our country. Go. 
Uh, and what they mean to me, I guess. Sure. Because I don't know how else to <laughs> really look at this. I'm going to say Ronald Reagan over Walter Mondale is number one because that's the first one that I was really conscious of. And it was a beating like Alabama playing Cumberland. Ronald Reagan defeated Walter Mondale in the Electoral College 525 to 13. That is 97.5% of the Electoral College votes went to Ronald Reagan. Was there ever a more popular president than Ronald Reagan? In my lifetime, certainly not. Correct. Yeah. Um, maybe in any any modern times, probably not. Yeah, the guy who's number one would probably win that in like a real debate of these things. But uh, Ronald Reagan, fantastic human being and president. Jelly Bean Lover. Loves him. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. I will look at the electoral... Co- I'm going to have to all do stuff on since being alive, I yeah, think. Yeah, do it. Can I go back to one that was bigger, though? I'll, I'll just do one yesteryear one, and I would like to select um, John F. Kennedy over the Nixon. John F. Kennedy not on the list. Uh, Nixon is on the list. Uh, however, John F. Kennedy not on the list. So that was a um, election that was won on television. That was the first one, right? So, and what folks said was, was, if there were no TVs, Richard Nixon would have beat John Kennedy. Interesting, because he came off as such a schlemiel. Yeah, because he's just kind of frumpy Richard Nixon, and John Kennedy is John Kennedy. I mean, he's, he's the man, handsome Camelot. His name should be Scott Hamelot. <laughs> Yes. All right. Good. Next. Uh, I've got to go with Bush over Gore. Two thousand. Controversy. Be the smallest all <laughs> victory of all time. It's an electoral college uh, landmark, though. It is an electoral college landmark, uh, which Al Gore took to the Supreme Court to essentially do what Trump did, except legally. Now, back then, you had to file all of your motions on paper, which in effect kills trees. So. I guess he did an about face after this. On the environment? Seems, is that where you're headed? <laughs> yeah, it seems like he was there to destroy it in one minute and then save it in the next. I think that's fair. People in this country do that all the time. Yeah. Yeah, they do. It's called flip-flopping. We play a golf game called John Kerry. Yeah. Oh, he might be in this, too. Uh, but he's not. That, he, that, he lost. That's I know, but I'm saying his Electoral College defeat ah. could be in this. Next. I will take um, Donald Trump losing to Al Gore. (laughs) I don't even understand that. I'm sorry, Joe Biden. Joe Biden is not Al Gore. If we had Al Gore, I think we'd be in a far better position. Uh, But what? Anyways, uh, okay, that is a very significant electoral college loss. And just a. A phenomenon that continues to pay it forward to this day. No good choice there. Uh, yeah. Number five. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then let's go with Reagan over Dukakis. Or excuse me, Bush over Dukakis. Okay, Bush over Dukakis. Good guess, not on the top five. Because uh, that was a beatdown pretty bad, too. That was a beatdown. So he had a lot of the... Uh, Murder, she wrote, lead in, 
right? So murder. Angela she, Lansbury. She died. That's why I brought this up yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know how the 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 football leads into the sixty minutes or yes. to the murder she wrote, and that show gets a massive bump because of the football audience. George Bush got a massive bump coming off of the heels of Ronald Reagan and being his vice president. Oh, no doubt. There were some backroom deals uh, in 1980 in which Bush agreed to not run for president in order order to be the vice president for Reagan and leading up to his election in 1988. All right. That was a good list. Yeah, that was was fun. They were very relevant to you. I'm just going to list the top five because that's my top five. Number one, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Did you ever know that someone named Alf London ran for president? <laughs> no, I did not. I did F- not know about Alf. FDR beat Alf London 523 to 8. Damn. So, uh, was that like a touchdown and a safety? Barely topping uh, Reagan over Mondale. Number three, Nixon over George McGovern. That was that big of a beatdown. Five twenty to seventeen. I didn't. I don't think I realized that. I thought that was a lot uh, closer than that. George McGovern was so racist that I don't think the country could even vote for him, even at the time. This is nineteen seventy-two. Yeah, that seems like uh, that seems like it could be headed for a beat. It certainly would be today. Richard Nixon, then of course, did not finish his presidency. Why? What did he do? Something called Watergate. All right. Um, I like this one. Hold on. Ronald Reagan over Jimmy Carter. So Reagan gets two on the list. Ronald Reagan, 489 to 49 over Jimmy Carter. That energy crisis was bad. It was bad. And then my final one, LBJ over Barry Goldwater. Yeah, that was a beat down too, huh? So in that one, LBJ actually didn't want to run for president. He had taken over for Kennedy after the assassination. Basically said, I'm kind of cool with being a senator. LBJ, probably the most powerful and influential senator in the history of that fair body. Uh, But LBJ runs, just destroys Barry Goldwater, uh, 46 to 52. That's That's a big beating, and I'm really surprised by that in terms of the LBJ slant on that because didn't he order... Uh, a code red on a sitting president, and <laughs> possibly yes. And wouldn't that speak to longevity? No. What it would speak to is he's a power broker, and he didn't necessarily need to be in the limelight, but he needed to get that person out of the way. If you believe that pers- specific conspiracy theory, I don't. All right, that was our mystery top five. And going from landslides in the Electoral College over to NFL football, where really only one landslide happened, um, but we'll discuss that uh, momentarily. So interesting game from last week. Philadelphia and Arizona. Uh, Philadelphia tried to lose this game kind of as hard as they could, and they still ended up winning. Because they have Jordan Davis. Because they have Jordan Davis. It's no secret that we loved Jordan Davis in the draft and that Philadelphia is 6 and 0. I think that Jordan Davis should be on the A team <laughs> with with Mr. T. With Mr. T. You should, should he replace Mr. T? No, 
can't can't replace him. You just got to add on. Okay, fair enough. Uh, and then Dallas in the national game of the week at L.A. at the Rams. The Cowboys just kind of put a hurt on the Rams. That game was never in question. It was. I know it was ten to nine at, for like thirty seconds or something. Uh, that game was never in question. It was basically nine to nothing before the Cowboys offense really took a snap. Yep. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence returns a fumble for a touchdown at the very beginning of the game. Uh, they get another turnover on a blocked punt. Uh, they kick a field goal. It, it, that game wasn't close. And Micah Parsons wrecks things all the time. He wrecked himself. He did wreck himself, which gets me to this week's game. It is Sunday night football. The Cowboys are catching five points at the Eagles. It's up to five. It is. Huh. I'll tell you who I like after you tell me who you like. Same time. One, two, three. Cowboys. (laughs) All right, here's my handicap on this game. The Cowboys have faced exactly zero offensive lines that are good. They are dominating in quarterback pressures. And they faced Tampa Bay with a bunch of injuries. They faced the Rams with a bunch of injuries. They faced the Giants with kind of some young guys and just not a terribly good offensive line. Uh, And now they face the Eagles. And the Eagles' offensive line is excellent. Uh, So that's reason number one. Reason number two and this comes into play with a later uh, game on on the docket as well. Since 2015, NFL teams before the bye, home favorites 40-25-1, that's 62%. So in this scenario, that is the Eagles. They are a home favorite before their bye week. Uh, NFL before the bye week, home dogs, 24-13-1, 65%. That's no games this week. And so I was going to make this my one star out of five, but I think I bumped it up to three star based on this, based on the fact that the Cowboys haven't faced an offensive line like this, based on the fact that Cowboys can give up a lot of running yards, and that's where Philly can really attack you. they got great, great passing weapons as well, but they can attack you on the ground, especially with Hurts. And the fact that, Home favorites before their buyer, 62%. So that moves it to my three-star. How many of these games have has Dan Quinn been involved in? <laughs> I did not dig into the numbers that far. That's really, I'm just answering with a question. Uh, I think that guy can scheme better than any DC going today. I am every week amazed by what he's able to do. I mean... They control the line of scrimmage. And your points on Philadelphia are certainly warranted and backed up. Uh, I just think it's it's the uh, the strength on strength is going to end up negating uh, some of what happens. I also think, you know, the big question is, is Dak going to play? If Dak's somewhat healthy, is he going to play? I don't think it really matters. I doubt he will. He's not playing. Um, and because that's being reflected in the line movement as well. Yeah, and he's not playing simply because I I buy the theory of if you beat Philadelphia with Cooper Rush, 
You've got a distinct psychological advantage when Dak comes back. If you lose to Philadelphia with Cooper Rush, it was meant to be. You naturally get rid of the quarterback controversy that exists, and it's kind of a win-win for the Cowboys if he doesn't play. I think this game's coming down to a field goal. So, therefore... At Philly, at night, with all the batteries flying through the air. That They don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, sure they don't. I don't think they do. Mm-hmm. No, they've been to, like, sensitivity cheese, training. Out cheese there. steaks. It's throwing <laughs> cheese steaks. Geno's or Pat's? Uh, I thought we already did that. Oh, did we? Yeah, I want Geno's. Is that the one with the lights? <laughs> <laughs> Are we replaying the exact conversation we had? I don't think Philly sports is going to suddenly catch fire, and I don't think it's going to be an embarrassment of riches. And some of those uh, folks are going to be over at the uh, Phillies-Braves uh, matchup. Ooh, next so, door. Yeah. So did you think about that in your handicap? <laughs> I think the crazies are going to go Philly, 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 Phillies. So the crazies are going to go to the baseball game. That's right. That's the dumbest thing you've ever said on this podcast. Yeah, but people are going to write in about it. <laughs> write in like snail mail? Eh, probably electronic mail. Okay. Uh, all right. At Philly, at night. Uh, all right. We'll have to keep on noodling over that one. I love it. Good debate. In the landslide uh, category, Buffalo absolutely destroyed Pittsburgh. God, Pittsburgh sucks. <laughs> Josh Allen had 340 yards and four touchdowns in the first half. Is that good? That's good. Uh, Gabe Davis was just catching long touchdown after long touchdown. Look down at your phone. Who the hell is Gabe Davis? God, Pittsburgh's bad. Uh, and in the other game that plays into this one this week, uh, Kansas City at home beats the Raiders by one in some of the most confusing two-point conversion attempts <laughs> I think I've ever seen. I mean, I guess I get it. Uh, the Raiders, uh, the, the Chiefs could go up nine if they go for two, why not just kick the field goal and go up eight to make them get a two-point conversion to tie? And then the Raiders are on the road. All they, they don't have any momentum. All the momentum is on Kansas City's side. They've come from down 17. The Raiders don't kick the extra point to tie the game. They go for two. Yeah, I saw that one. So confusing. I don't understand it, and and Kansas City. Obviously, we had, we had Kansas City minus seven in that one, so we lost. It was one of our two losses in the NFL, uh, underneath six wins last week. But this week, uh, it leads into the Bills giving three points at Kansas City. That's is this a revenge retribution for getting bounced in the? Uh, quote-unquote, greatest football game ever played. I don't understand the line at all. I don't understand how Kansas City is at home catching a field goal. Their kicking situation ain't good. That's that's one <laughs> well, thing. Well, that guy kicked a 59-yard field goal. Yeah, but he's he isn't, he isn't great. Uh, he's inconsistent. That, that might have been why they went for two at the, <laughs> at the end of the game. Uh, fair. Uh, the Chiefs lose Tyreek Hill, and they're only the number one scoring offense in NFL football. Andy Reid. Andy Reid's amazing. Andy Reid. And Patrick Mahomes. Let's give him and some Travis Kelsey four touchdown passes. Catches. And they got Juju Smith-Schuster football player, man. Yep, they and, do. I mean, they've got some good weapons. 
So I don't I don't get it. What's your you got any cap on that particular game? Um, I think that you'd you'd be remiss not to go over the total, which is at fifty four. Yeah. I think that's right. Well, I mean, well, how would you ever go under? I mean, of course, it'll probably hit, but all indications are that this is going Chuck to be it around. the shootout that everybody wants it this to be. This is the Rams-Chiefs a few years ago. That yeah, was supposed to be in that Mexico Monday City. night game that was just bananas. Yeah, it was like 98 points Yeah, and everyone's something. like, oh, God, the over's 60 in an NFL game. And everyone's like, pound it, mm. and they scored like 90. It's great. You can't set that, that total high enough. That's kind of how I feel about this one. I mean, weapons all over the place. And Kansas City defense is just, it's kind of like it was last year. Played pretty darn bad until we got to November. Mm -hmm. And then they turned it around with Steve Spagnola. Yeah, I don't know. That's a Steve Spagnola staple, I guess. <laughs> just bad defenses early in the season. And then he fixes it somehow. Yeah. He's shaving, shaving points. All right. Let's quickly touch on, before we get to this week's game, the hottest topic in the NFL ridiculous roughing the passer calls, which could have torpedoed the Kansas City game. Pra kind of did, or at least could have torpedoed the Atlanta and Tampa Bay game. And I don't really get where the officials are seeing these things. Well, they're, they're being uh, briefed on the fact that we will be protecting quarterbacks. At all costs, if it if it smells like it could be roughing the passer, it's roughing the passer, so just because of what it looks like. Here's what I heard on the radio this morning: uh, it, it is the only rule in the rule book where it says "err on the side of protecting the quarterback." It literally says that. Yeah. So it's the only rule that gives an official a lot of leeway in judging it. Now, my problem with it is. It's only two officials <laughs> that keep doing this. It's Carl Sheffers. It's Jerome Bogar. They do it all the time. And so now you have to handicap that. Not that probably a lot of people weren't handicapping those things already. That's got to be in your handicap. Uh, anybody who's watched NFL football for a decade knows that Jerome Bogar's crew is horrible. Yes. They've always been bad. Um, and, yes, they're interchangeable parts here and there. But he's at the head of that class, and they're, they're, they suck. Um, so that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, I, you know, the NFL competition committee says we're going we're gonna to reconvene on this and talk about it, and they're going to change it. There's going to be too much backlash, and there's too much money, and they don't want to face the, the idea that you can't really defend your position with what we've seen. Uh, so there will be a change. There's no question about it. And I don't, I don't think you can put Tua's situation in the same ballpark as the uh, Brady and, and Carr roughing the passer calls. Right. They're Those not are, the same thing. They're not the same thing at all. N neither. So the concussion thing, whereas it was clear the week before Tua was dinged. He got up and wobbled, and that was that had nothing to do with the roughing the passer that actually happened on Tua when he got the real bad concussion. They called that. That is a penalty. He slung him to the ground as hard as he possibly could. These two other things are judgment calls that were ridiculous and should never be made. I like it when Tom Brady kicked Grady Jarrett. <laughs> and he does that a lot, by He the really way. does. I've but, seen it for years. Yes, when he gets sacked, he likes to kick the guy that sacked him. Yeah. 
Tom What's Brady up with that? Gets all the calls. He really does. All right. Bengals minus one at the Saints. I know what you like here, but I like the Bengals. So the Bengals lose to the Ravens. I just think the Bengals are kind of figuring it out. This is more of me hating the Saints still. Uh, they beat the Seahawks by a touchdown, which we lost on, but we did win on the over because the Saints can't play a lick of defense, and neither can the Seahawks. But in this particular scenario, I kind of like getting Joe Burrow and the Bengals offense into a dome with some speed, and it's a, a basically it's saying you're picking the Bengals to win the game, and that's absolutely what I would do. Um, I think it's a proceed with caution. The world uh, of gambling seems to love the Bengals in this spot, and that always makes me feel a little bit uneasy. Who are the Saints going to play a quarterback? Taysom Hill. Yeah, okay. Make him throw the ball and see what happens. I think every team saw that last year when they made Taysom Hill the quarterback after they paid him a bunch of money, and they sucked. Bobby well, Abear. They were fine. They were okay. What about Bobby Abear? It's not going to be Bobby Abear. Okay. Jameis Winston, no. Andy Dalton, obviously they don't like that situation either because they put Taysom Hill in there. I just think that they become super one-dimensional, and if you stop them, you're going to beat them. It's loud in there. It, <laughs> it's loud in there. It's going to be very confusing. Good handicap. It's going to be very confusing with the chance going on in there because you've got who dat and then you've got who day. Ooh, that is confusing. Only in very intelligent fan bases can come up with these kinds of things. <laughs> All right. I'm uh, not going to watch anyway, so do what the hell with you what you want. Wow. That, you know, they don't call him the best color man in the business for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> 49ers minus five and a half at Atlanta. Atlanta, the only undefeated NFL team against the spread. Love it. You love Atlanta. Love 49ers. Okay, love the 49ers. I'm with you here. Uh, I don't... You love the four. You would take the 49ers every week, no matter the line in any game, I think. I think so, at this, too. At this point, they'll just feed you a line. You'll say, I'll take it. Yeah. If somebody said, who's your favorite team in the NFL, what would my answer be? The 49ers. Yeah. And I wouldn't even think twice about it because they are incredibly aggressive. They got Matt Rule fired last week. And in, in very surprising fashion i thought i'm like this guy's really kind of early on in his contract and he's been given not much let's be be honest here he's never ever had a quarterback not one time and i think you need one in this league you do it seems to equal uh wins quite often i don't know jimmy garoppolo may have something to say about that um but i i think that um they just if Marcus Mariota thinks about taking off, escaping the pocket, um, Warner is Botha? Warner and or Bosa or all of them Greenlaw pick any pick any defender. They're going to hit him so hard, his mama feels it. <laughs> his mama feels it. I love that saying. All right, I like it. It's under a touchdown. You know. Teams that are undefeated against the spread aren't going to stay that way, especially bad right. teams that don't win games like the Atlanta Falcons. Kyle Pitts isn't playing. Not not that he's played all season, but, you know, he's definitely not going to even be dressed up. All right. Very good. 49ers minus 5.5 at Atlanta. 
in. Let's uh let's hit real quick on the Ravens at Giants. I like the Giants too. <laughs> that is real quick. Ravens minus five at the Giants. The Giants, um, so they beat Green Bay in London. Yeah. The came back. Yeah, we had the Giants plus eight. So they're eight point dogs in London. They went outright. In the historical view on the London games is the better team wins those games like 90% of the time, the better long-term team. So if that holds, are the Giants really good? I think the Giants are good. Really good, eh, I don't necessarily know putting a really does much to that, but they play each week with a chance to win, and all of it has to do with that coach. Brian Dayball is an awesome coach. This is the same roster that Joe Judge had. Adding Saquon Barkley, okay, healthy Saquon Barkley. And and Thibodeau. And My Thibodeau. man Thibodeau. God, you hate him. Yeah, he doesn't make an impact. And this guy is coaching them to a 5 and 1 record. Is it 5 and 1? I think it's 4 and 1. 4 and 1 record. <laughs> But but is that Marty giving them the win yeah, over the Ravens? For, that's foreshadowing. But getting five points at home, that's crazy. I really think it is too. I mean, maybe they just look at it like, oh, Baltimore's got this Lamar Jackson, which they do have every week. He's gonna make some mistakes. This game's gonna be close. I just I I think the Vegas and the NFL fan is like just patting the Giants on the head. Oh, that was sweet. Good little start, guys. Yeah. And I don't think they've accounted for how good they actually are. I know. And I don't I don't think Daniel Jones is a liability at quarterback. Is he going to make mistakes? Of course he is. But he's also making a lot of plays. All right, let's finish it off. The Panthers plus 10 and a half at the Rams. Lame duck coach. I'm sorry. Fired <laughs> no, coach. Non-existent coach. So this, I put this game on here because this follows our previously discussed home favorite before the buy, 62% winning percentage. So the Rams fall into this category. They are, uh, they're on their buy next week. They are 10.5 point favorites. If this game gets to 10, I'd put two units on it. On the Rams? Yeah. I think the Panthers are, Panthers aren't rallying around Steve Wilkes. I don't think they're Oof. rallying around anyone because they don't have a quarterback. Yeah, who are they rolling out there this week? Is it Darnold? P.J. Walker is who played the rest of the game in that last one. Didn't he used to play power forward for the Florida State Seminoles? No, he used to be on P.J. Masks. Oh, okay, my bad. <laughs> P.J. Walker played for Matt Rule at Temple. Oh, God. <laughs> That's why he's he a had to, he had to call up friends and family to get in on. This. I actually don't know if he played for Matt Rule, but he definitely played at Temple. It sounds like it. So I really like the Rams at minus ten, at ten and a half. I'm definitely doing one. Uh, I like having the sixty two percent on my side, and that is what we call an NFL football handicap. You're the number one Scott. I'm the number one Scott. He is the number one Brendan. Ooh, what about Brendan Fraser? I heard he's six hundred pounds. Is that true? No. What about Brendan Shanahan? Ooh, give me. You're uh, still my top, Brendan. Yeah, uh, I should be. All right, we're going to get out of your hair and also your ears. Uh, obviously, go to www.linesite2020.com. Get all of our performance. Sign up. First month is free for everyone. It doesn't matter who you are, it's uh, first month free starting 
October the 12th. You this, get it until you get all the picks until November 12th for free. That's as woke as we're going to be. Everyone gets one month free. All right. We will see you next week. Adios. Thank you.